Hey everybody, welcome to December. It's almost 2020. Wow, where did that decade go? And welcome to the latest episode of the Pavelcast with yours truly, Pavel Lvovich Sitlovsky. When you need data, call Pavel or go online at datapavel.com. This episode is also brought to you by the Waking Up app. If you're into meditation or if you've never tried it, I guarantee you that you will find meaningful insight after doing this app for 50 days sign up at waking up app brought to you by sam harris on today's episode and it's a good one is matthew bovosa he is my nephew-in-law we talk about how he met my niece his career in sales and how he actually transitioned to a career in web development we talk about running he's an avid runner and has something does he does something called streak running so that's pretty fascinating. Um, he get a hot tip based on his newest baby, Ari, his only baby, in fact. Um, we talk about Matt's obsessive compulsive this when it comes to cleaning. We go to a Raymond Seahawks game using our Elon Musk machine. We also shout out to Elvis Duran and Z Morning Zoo, which arguably inspired me to do this podcast. As always, we're trying to do the best possible audio quality. And we're going to continue trying. There's a little bit of hiss in this one. You know, do your best. The content is still amazing. So plug it in and feast your ears on the latest episode of the podcast with Matt Bavosa. Should we get started? Welcome to yeah. episode, honestly, I think it's five or six or seven. I really it's... should get better at keeping track of it. I've... I've by my count, I think it's four. So there's three released, but two unreleased that I still have to edit. Oh, okay. so that means five, and so this would be the sixth then. Okay, cool. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode six of the Pablo Cast. As always, brought to you by Data Pablo. Today we got the glorious Matthew Bavosa with us today. How's it going, buddy? It's good. It's good. It's very good. It's been a week. It's been a week. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> me and you have the um, honor would be the right word, but you are the first relative of mine to ever be on the podcast. You know me as family, in law, but still family. You're Uncle P. Uncle P, baby. <laughs> I love it. But what am I? What am I to you? Oh, uh, you know, my favorite nickname for you is Triple B, Bad Boy Bavosa. <laughs> I I don't know why. Just when I met you, and I met uh, I met you and my niece together when you guys were dating, he you just gave me that. You know, I, I know you're not a bad boy. Like, you're a nice guy, obviously, right? And so you're, you're happy to marry with my niece, and I'm happy for you guys, whatever. But something about that, and you also your last name is Bavosa, the triple B, bad boy Bavosa, it it worked for me. I, I hope it, it's not insulting. You don't feel insulted, right? No, I don't feel insulted. All right, cool. Um, so I'm having a little Tito soda because I'm on a low carb kick. Always trying to do a low carb here. And um, what are you drinking? I am drinking Evo Lot Number Three IPA. Ooh, okay, where's it from? It's from Maryland. Okay, Eastern Shore. From near where Lisa went to grad school. How is it? It's pretty good. I like IPAs. What's your favorite IPA? Dogfish Head, 60 Minute. Where's that? Is that also East Coast? That's also Delaware. Cool. I like my microbrewery IPAs. Tell the people how we know each other. I mean, we kind of just said it. So Yeah. You, um, how did you meet my niece? I met your niece on J Swipe. Online dating, J Swipe, the Jewish swipe, people not familiar, it's like Tinder for the Jews. You swipe left, you swipe right. 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 Just so happened to swipe right on a girl who said, would love to bring home a nice Jewish boy to Babushka. And, uh, 
Yeah. So this caught my attention. Did, when she said that word babushka, does that mean you you do recognize right away that she was like uh, someone that speaks Russian, a Russian Jew? I figured it probably was that, yeah. And that got you excited? Yeah. Why? I think because she was pretty and uh, just friendly from the get-go. And then we realized pretty quickly that we had some mutual friends, and especially her (laughs) ex-boyfriend, who was a neighbor of mine. It was... Were you like a young kid? Third grade. So I was about nine. Okay. So when I was 27, I was a perfect nine years in New York, nine years in New Jersey, nine years in Maryland. Because I'd pretty much been in Maryland since I came to school here. Right. But now I'm 30 and I've been in Maryland longer than I was in New Jersey or New York. Now Maryland has taken you in and, you know... I don't think you have plans of leaving anytime soon. No. I mean, all my friends are here. Wife's here. Family's here. We live in Pikesville, you... which your family owns. <laughs> my family owns Pikesville? I hope <laughs> I so. Mean, you, got, you got a lot of people here. You got a lot of people town. in Pikesville. You know, yeah, My mom was always saying like how she wants everybody to be living close to her in Pikesville. Including mm-hmm. like you know my other nieces and whatever you know I think it's a little selfish. People should live where they mm-hmm. want to live. Um, well, this is Jewville, USA. Jewville, USA. If you, you used to <laughs> be able to look up on Wikipedia, what is like the highest per capita of Jews with Russian ancestry? So including people like me who are you know fresh off the boat, so to speak, but also include people that are just descended from you know immigrants from a long time ago. And Pikesville actually showed up based on census data, like at the top, top, top. Because, you know, for that little place per capita, there was a lot of Jews with Russian backgrounds. Anyways. Um, All right. So you grew up in New Jersey, North Jersey. Uh, Mm -hmm. Did you play sports when you were little or what did you do? For seasons, a lot of seasons I did soccer, basketball, baseball. When I got to New Jersey, I learned about lacrosse, played lacrosse. So I was missing baseball games for lacrosse, missing lacrosse games for baseball. When it comes time to high school, you have to pick one. You can't do two spring sports, so I picked baseball. I played freshman baseball. Okay. And then sophomore year got cut from baseball, so I switched back to lacrosse for the other three years. And then I also played football four years. What did you play as a football guy? Kicker? Tackle? You know, I was recruited as a kicker because I played soccer, but then I realized I'm not good at kicking. So I played, like, running back, tight end, offensive line. I was, like, a big guy compared to some. So I lifted a lot of weights back then, and I was a guy who would protect the quarterback or block for the running backs. Okay, cool. Yeah. Are you so you recently had a baby? Um, mm-hmm. Are you gonna get him into sports as well? What are you thinking? I think so. I mean, do you think it's, it's like to. it builds it builds something? Like it's and people say it's good for team building to like play with the other people. It kind of builds a, a certain skill set. I never play games, so I'm always kind of fascinated yeah. about it. Yeah. No, I like I like the camaraderie and the team, and also just getting outside. Instead of being trapped inside behind a computer or TV. Yeah. Like when I play, like these days I play golf. It's just a good excuse to get outside for like four hours. Yeah. That makes sense. Also get away from uh, everything else, you know. Yeah. This year I'm not really playing, but that's because of Ari, baby Ari. Baby Ari is taking a lot of your attention and energy, I imagine. (laughs) Um, Yeah. it's, It's been a different year so we'll talk about it in a second but let's just go through that curve so you, you're in high school you play some sports etc and then you decide to go to college University of Maryland College Park did you mm-hmm. what when you went in there did you know what you wanted to study or what, what you wanted to be to, when you want to grow up I, you want to be an astronaut I, I had no idea I 
only went to College Park. I applied to College Park because my cousin from Memphis, Tennessee, went to College Park from 98 to 2002. And that got me interested in Maryland, just following Maryland sports. Like they're really good in basketball. They won the national championship in 2002. And, uh, yeah, I was in Maryland. I was in Baltimore when that happened. I I think I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. So like I followed Maryland basketball a little bit in high school when she was in college. And then when it came time to apply to colleges, I was like, I might as well apply to Maryland because it's good distance from home, good sports. It's a party school. They have good academics. Like, it was everything I wanted. I took a tour and I loved it. So, yeah, I got to Maryland, had no idea what I wanted to do and was starting to think to get into the business school. But I probably partied a little too hard. And what did you uh, how did you party? What did you guys do? Like just like college parties, well, like drinking? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did you streak? just went to parties like I got into the fraternity freshman year so like those were my friends through a lot of parties which fraternity alpha sigma phi alpha sig is their nickname cool and they have a house on the row and i lived in the house and uh i mean my grades were okay but you have to be like really top grades to get into the business school and ended up not getting in but it was probably a blessing in disguise because those classes were like super hard for no good reason and I got a job at a school no problem with a communications degree <laughs> so well so what's I mean, the communications degree? what did you study for that I focused in public relations so like stuff like press releases and social media marketing and you actually had classes that were like this is a social this is how social media marketing works and- um kind of I took like a listening class uh like a rhetoric class and just like research and I don't know. It was just like a very generic degree. And, but public relations was like one of the harder tracks in the department. So I figured I would challenge myself, but it worked out because it got me my first internship, my real internship at Discovery Channel, which was really cool. In DC or where is that? It was in Silver Spring. Okay. They they used to be in Bethesda, but they moved to Silver Spring. And now that office is closed, and now all of Discovery Channel is in New York now at their other office. Discovery Channel, despite what they might look like, they're like not really super strong financially. So it was like probably a good thing that I didn't get my career in there. Even though it was a cool place to work, like there's just like business problems there. Were you part of their, like, marketing department? Yeah, I was, like, a public relations intern for, like, literally Discovery Channel, even though they own, like, Animal Planet, like, all kinds of other channels. Like, I was, like, doing press, and that actually brings us back to Dogfish Head because one of the shows I was helping to promote by sending out, like, DVDs and bottles of beer was a show about Dogfish Head called Brewmasters. And uh, that's cool. It got me interested in like Dogfish Head, and I was just sending out all these bottles of beer. And I was 21 at the time, so they're like, "Yeah, if you want to take some beer home, go for it." So <laughs> I was like, literally, like sending out packages of like bottles of beer with a custom label of promoting the show. And who was this um, going out to? That sounds awesome. Uh, like m- members of the press to like write articles about this new show, but. Uh, <laughs> It wasn't very successful because the show got canceled halfway through its 10-episode first season. <laughs> but uh, it, it was just – it was fun to do. Another, like, su- successful show I ran or helped run publicity for was called Gold Rush, which I still watch. It's in its 10th season now because I interned there, like, 10 years ago. Oh, wow. Um, but Gold Rush is about gold mining in, like, Alaska, Canada. Kind of cool. <laughs> Would you send those uh, newspapers? Uh, Those, I did not send anything out, but I would like, I was in charge of, it it did well on its own without much promotion. So like I was in charge of clipping articles online that were writing about the show and then like compiling them in a press like packet that they would get. I don't know. It it was like kind of some pointless work, but like 
it was just a good experience overall. Yeah, internship, college internship. In my experience, you they consider you useless from beginning to end, and they expect <laughs> zero from you. So mm-hmm. you know, it's good. That means if you learn something, everybody wins. Yeah, well, it was a good name to work for because then it got me another internship, which was very generic, like magazine company, and then uh, got me my first job doing sales in public relations software. So it it all related in the end. And and then you were you were you were doing sales for a while mm-hmm. in the if like cellular stuff, right? Towers. Right. So that was the middle job. Like first job was selling public relations software. Did that for like two years or so. Then yeah, one of my coworkers got a job at this other company that sold telecommunications equipment and got me the job there. I worked there for like three and a half years. But I was just like totally tired of sales after like six years. So, were you doing like so the first job? Were you doing like a lot of cold calls? Like a lot of a lot of cold calls. I would I was like first in lead generation, so like setting up sales calls for like the senior salespeople, like just generating interest to like set up those sales calls. And I was good at that because I like there was no pressure to sell anything. You just had to like schedule a meeting, like a web meeting. So like that wasn't that hard. Your goal was to set up like 22 a month. And I usually got to 22 a month. And, um, it was like the more meetings you set up, the better commission you got paid. So I was like making good money out of school, like base salary and commission. And, uh, it was a fun place to work. Cause it was like all young people and a cool office and a lot of perks. What's this, you know, people that don't know sales, I'm learning, you know, sales is like, it runs the world sort of like you have to be able to sell. You have to be able to like even if you have the best thing, if no one knows about it, if you can't sell it to anybody, right. it doesn't matter, right? right? So, walk us through real quick. What does that sales process look like? So, there's you mentioned lead generation up front, which I assume mm-hmm. means you get a list of people, and then what happens? Mm-hmm. Well, we use the tool Salesforce, which had a bunch of leads already in there from years of being contacted and like former customers who bought the software. And they gave me this territory of like any company with the letter A through G in in Georgia and all of New Hampshire. So like I would just like research in in the system and then outside the database Mm -hmm. of companies like just search for companies that had a website and maybe could use some help with marketing or public relations software. So I just like straight up call them and start a conversation, tell them about Vocus, talk about their website, try to like get their attention and say like, Hey, like we have some software that might be helpful to grow your business. Like, do you have 30 minutes to take a phone call and learn about it? And, as long as I can get someone on the phone, I could usually some of the time get time scheduled. So that's all it was. Was it a lot on me. the phone or did you do any email? Or was the email useless? Yeah. E- email and calls. Yes. Like some people like who are too busy for calls, like would only take emails and, but I had a lot of success cause I was pretty aggressive calling. Yeah. And, um, like some, a lot of these contacts had past conversations. So I would know like, what their hot points are. Like if they would, you know, give you an objection, I would know how to like prepare for that objection. Like, Oh, I don't have the budget right now. Or uh, you need to talk to so-and-so and they're hard to get a hold of. Like you just have to be like really aggressive and persistent, which at the time I was good at. And like setting up those calls was motivation to like get commission right. and uh, do a good job and hopefully get promoted up to the next level, which was actually like, selling the software itself right so in terms of the cycle okay so now you you set up this call then this call happens with you know some other guy who what happens in that call like what is the rest of the sales process? oh well there's like a web demo where they like go through a powerpoint or like a kind of like a sandbox example like use case uh-huh. um, that makes sense yeah oh so they would like show them the tool and show them how it's like 
helping out uh, like an example customer of ours and then related to them so that they're like, oh, yeah, that does sound like a good idea. We do need a database of like media journalists like to contact so we can promote our business or just send out press releases on our website to get help with SEO and all that stuff that comes with online media marketing. Got it. Okay. And then you would demo and then what happens? Oh, well, the salesperson would be in charge of like closing the deal, like picking out a package that was best for them and their budget and closing the deal, getting them to be a customer. They sign one-year contracts and then... This would all be done virtually, nothing in person? All virtually except for like, they broke it up into like small market, mid-market and large market companies. So... The small market people, which I became a small market like salesperson, I would set up my own demos and do my own demos and close the deal mm-hmm. all over the phone and, and computer. And then mid-market had the lead gen team to like set up the meeting so they didn't have to waste time. They were just like doing sales calls all the time when people are qualified. And then the large market people had um, reps to set up their meetings but also would do in-person meetings where um, they would travel to, like, the Coca-Colas, the Fortune 500 companies to, like, sell, like, something that was, like, 100000 a year, like, big packages of lots of stuff. Okay, got it. That's cool. Yeah. So then the cycle, basically, okay, you got some leads, you, you the research them, you get them in touch. Your goal is to get a phone call, get that meeting. Then someone takes over that can kind of show them the tool, if they're interested, maybe you follow up with them. Maybe you show it again to some other stakeholders. Eventually, mm-hmm. you try to get them to sign a deal and buy a package. Yeah, that makes sense. That's 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 sales, and it's a lot of hard work, a lot of persistence, and then you get burnt out to a point where like people stop taking your calls, or you hit a streak where you haven't sold anything in like a few months, mm-hmm. and you have no commission, and that's where like things start to spiral. Plus, like at the same time, the company was growing, and I from 2011 to 2013, I saw the company grow and hire like tons of salespeople. So like the number of leads like didn't increase. Right. So like the leads got spread thinner and thinner to the point where it was really hard to get good leads. And then uh, like people who weren't selling, they would just have to let them go. So. <laughs> It was like a high turnover environment, pretty stressful. Like if you don't sell, you're going to get fired. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was not for me yeah. after a few years. Yeah, it's interesting. I um, you know, I, work for this, I used to work for this blue tree consulting company and uh, our whole sales team, we had no commission, no commission at all, which uh, yeah. well, we had no sales, real sales process to begin with. I think they're setting it up now, but. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I like how the traditional way that sales works. I mean, it, it, sometimes people think it's like this magical box, but there's a process. It's well established. Right. And it's, you know, you launch Salesforce and you rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and then you go and you do kind of a, I think, account management role. Yeah, it was less stressful, more like established accounts, just like basically selling them like cable and random like tower equipment for their cell phone stuff and. Like it was just, I was just a customer service person basically, but I would still get commission on stuff. Like I would try to upsell, like say, do you need stuff or call people who weren't thinking about me and like remind them they need to buy stuff. And they usually would find something to buy, even if it was like $5, like right, right, right. It, it added up. I yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of tr- client service account management right. stuff. Yeah. It was very boring corporate world which was like a nice change of pace after like a stressful like give it your all sales experience like it was nice relaxing kind of spot for a few years sure just to like chill out but still like you had these like boring corporate bosses like always saying like oh you gotta get more sales like get your sales up what are you doing like i just like didn't really know much about what i was selling and i didn't really have interest to like learn more about it so right. I knew something need, needed to change eventually. I just didn't know what. <laughs> but change you did. So this is something that I'm, you know, I'm curious about is that mm-hmm. you, you decided to kind of do a full, full-on career switch, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So 
tell me, so A, how did you get there? Why did you decide to do it? And, and then, you know, for people that are maybe also thinking, how do I get more into, and you switch it to, I mean, it's no brainer. Yeah. You go for tech, right? These days. So like, right. How... Yeah. There's a lot of jobs. Yeah. There's a lot of jobs in tech. My brother's in tech. He was a computer science major in college, four years younger than me. And got a really good internship and job out of school. And I always like made fun of him for being like a nerd and computer stuff, but jokes on me because he got all that good stuff right out of school Right, <laughs> and got worked for a year in New Jersey, but then wanted to meet up with friends in California in San Francisco. So he got a job out there and then we drove out there and I didn't really like know it at the time, but like in that five day car ride out there, like we just like talked a lot about career and the tech world. And he like slowly like influenced me to push, like get an interest in it. It pays well. There's a lot of jobs. There's a lot of pros and it's very different from sales. So I was like, it like spiked my interest in that car ride. And then like the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know what? I am interested in like trying to pursue a career there. So in Baltimore, there is a center called Betamore where it's like a, like a shared workspace um, that also offers night classes to learn basic web development. Mm -hmm. So I knew about this place for a little while I actually like went to like a little career fair there when I was at my first job, but like nothing really panned out. Cause it's like a lot of small startup companies that don't have budget to like hire people with no experience like myself. I did some like freelance, like just free work for a little bit, but nothing panned out there back then, but I knew they offered classes. And so I live nearby. I, knew their classes were six to nine o'clock at night, like two days a week. So I picked out of, out of like their four classes they offer. Like I picked the one that was best for me and I took it. I got my like first Mac laptop in fall 2016. <laughs> so clap it up for the first Mac yeah. laptop. All right. All right. Yeah. I mean, I had a Mac desktop like way back, but why is that significant? Um, Just because most people use know, it like, to develop. That was like your, your entry yeah. into it. Right. Like, and then like Adam was like starting to teach me stuff. Like after he was already in San Francisco, but with the time difference was hard. Adam's my brother, by the way. And like, it was like hard with the time difference that he was just starting this new job and like it was hard to get like consistent like tutoring. So I knew a class was the way to go. So I like bought the computer. I signed up for the class and starting in January, 2017 was taking this class. Um, it was like January to April and like I took the class. It was hard to like work eight to five and then have class six to nine, like two days a week. But I mean, I managed it and did you learn? Was, what did you I, learn? I, I learned like basic HTML, CSS, JavaScript that like I hadn't seen since maybe one computer class in middle school, like HTML, like we did some like very baby basic HTML, but like it wasn't that hard and I was interested in it and I had a really good teacher and it was like a class of like nine people. So it was very personal. And um, I liked it a lot. And the good thing about this organization, Betamore, like not only do they offer the class for like 10 weeks, 12 weeks, whatever it was, but then they also like get you in front of companies that will hire. So that's when I use the like coordinator of the program to get in touch with recruiters in the area. And so that's, what got me in the door at this company I'm at now called money map press, where I at first like did very basic production work, like HTML, CSS, like putting together emails, posting to the WordPress websites, like mm -hmm. pretty easy stuff. And like, I was like, this is a huge change compared to sales. Like it's like not, there's no pressure, your base salary and you can just like, get assigned work, do your job and go home, like not think about anything with sales. Like it was just like huge relief. And at the same time, like 
I was engaged and getting married and <laughs> all that good stuff in life. So, so it was good nice not change. to have. So, like, why? I mean, something could break in your on your website, and that's pressure there, right? <laughs> Um, I mean, I wasn't doing like code changes. I still am not doing code changes. Like I started off just being in the WordPress admin, like when stuff would break, like I had a lot of coworkers on my team to ask, like, how do I fix this or what do I do there? Yeah. And they would help. And it was a very like helpful collaborative team. And I did that for almost a year and I really liked it, but I wanted to be a developer, like do my own code well, stuff. Before you go there, what I wanted to kind of understand yeah. is like where, like you, I just found interesting you said that when the sales world, you felt pressure, this kind of, and you did not mm-hmm. feel it in this other job. And I, and I, I think I can relate to that somehow. Mm-hmm. But can you tell me more about it? like how, what is that? Where is, is that pressure? How is that different than any other job? In sales? Yeah. I mean, when you're like expecting you you're asked to get customers to spend like thousands of dollars for no reason like if they don't need to spend it they're not going to spend it and your job as a salesperson is to find ways to get them to buy stuff that they maybe not need and like you just end up killing yourself right. over it. <laughs> like if you drive an you're uber ne- you just pick up a ride you keep going right you let right. someone go there's no there's I see you well there's a demand there's a demand for it like in 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 a web development job like there's a bunch of work that needs to get done if the company wants to be successful like I see there's requests I see people ask like I would need to send out this email like I'm you're basically like a workhorse of like doing all the work right here's work just do do your units of work it's very understandable what I have to do and when you're done you're done you're saying in the sales world, you know, you don't necessarily get units of work. You have goals you have to hit and you have, you know, no matter what, you have to push and understand, just like get people to buy right. things, millions of dollars sometimes for, right. you know, that are based on all these slight little factors. And we're all humans too. So you're not just dealing with, oh, this product is good. So buy it. I have the best quality. You're dealing with people and emotions and psychology, which, and you're kind right. of, okay. I, I think I understand that. Yeah, it's interesting. So, but you did that and now you're kind of thinking, I want to become more of a developer, you said. Right. I still do want to be a developer and I have started to make very like small code changes because I'm like trying to push myself and push my bosses to trust me to be a junior developer on the team because there is a need for it. Um, But I'm in this role of QA, it's quality assurance, like testing the developer's code on our internal applications or our websites. Like they'll make a new feature and I just have to go and test it out, make sure it didn't break anything. And I can QA pass or QA fail if depending on how it goes. And um, it's a good spot to like just work with the developers and experience code changes and just make sure for another time that I'm like still interested in this career. And um it's interesting to me. Were you into math when you were younger? Um, or were you I always was never kind of like, not, like oh, I hate math, bad math, bad. I was. <laughs> I mean, I I think I always excelled in math. It wasn't too hard for me, except for maybe calculus. But like, I don't know. I'm, you didn't I, love it, obviously. I, I mean, if you did, I, I you maybe would have pursued something else, right? No? Right. Like I like came into college and like I qualified for like the highest math class you could as a freshman and you could go on like the engineering track. And I was like, Hmm, maybe, but I don't, I don't know if I want to do that kind of path. Like, so yeah, I mean, I did math was like my best subject in the SATs and wasn't that hard, but I think he doesn't have interest at the time for whatever reason. No, no. And, and like, I wouldn't, my kind of development I've been looking at, like, I don't know if it requires like amazing math skills. It's more like problem solving, but maybe eventually like my math skills will come into play, but I'm just taking it like one month at a time, one year at a time. Yeah, man, that's all we can do. Um, (laughs) What's your opinion on data science? Any interest? I'm taking a little (laughs) data science Python course right now on data camp. It's, uh, It's pretty good actually. 
Yeah, I mean, if someone exposes me to it more and I, like, get into it a little bit, I could. I actually did take, like, one um, class about databases at Betamore. It was, like, a just a two-week class. I learned a little bit of, like, SQL. SQL. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. It's not hard. I did. Yeah, it's it's not that bad. And, like, as a QA, like, we have these staging sites with staging databases and the developers give me access so that I can like run a query to make sure the code works. So like, it's fun sometimes. Like we actually have a guy on the team who specializes in the database and an- analysis and that kind of stuff. So I, I don't really work with him that much right now, but I probably could in the future. Well, you know, I keep, anybody tells me they're interested in a, in a career or somewhere with a lot of job opportunity. I just tell them data, data, data. I mean, and especially if you can understand the business, if you can, uh, you know, something that you have, obviously, you're leaning towards into is that you, you're you good at people, right? You can communicate. Um, and then if you combine that with a technical skill set, for whatever reason, usually the two are not necessarily found in, in, in people at the same time, <clears throat> which means... It can be successful, but yeah, I mean that applies to any technical area, right? Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, data right now is huge. Um, whether making dashboards, which I mean, you could obviously learn how to make Tableau dashboards, writing some SQL. I mean, doing mm-hmm. Python data camp that that's I think it's that's not with, out of your reach either. So that's interesting. Um, so you've mm-hmm. been doing web development. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I've been at this job two and a half years. There's a lot of pros. Uh, I like. I like the world of of this job, so I don't have too much to complain about there. That's awesome. Yeah. How many days in a row have you gone for a what is it? You go for a mile mile at least a, a day? Mile run. Yeah. Um <laughs> so yeah, at least a mile. I looked at I have like this bookmark on my computer that I can do a like days in between tracker because uh-huh. i i i'm just tired of like putting it on my calendar so if i hit today it's 1394 days oh wow of running running at least one mile this is a consistent streak consistent streak with I, no excuses not even like no excuses wow what if you're like <laughs> no sick? excuses I haven't been that sick. I'm usually not sick ever. Um, Great. I have run when I'm sick, but the streak started December 25th, Christmas Day 2015. So it's approaching four years now. Wow. And uh, my brother-in-law, you know, Ben, is the one who got me into it. I never knew about it until he told me about it and got me interested. Um. I was a runner before I knew him or Lisa. Like, I, I ran the Baltimore Marathon like five years ago. Okay. I was doing half marathons, marathons, but and so before we go on, like, yeah. people understand, like, what? So what is this thing that that your my other nephew-in-law, Ben yeah. Labowitz, the nurse, yeah. taught you? Yes. Well, there's a special like Facebook group called Streak Runners International where these like pretty serious runners like will just like post running stories and keep you motivated and just like streak running. I don't not, know, just, not just, naked though, not streakers. No, right, yes, right, right. you're running with clothes. Like from <laughs> I ran, I ran from like you know two degree weather to a hundred degree weather, like wow. and everything in between. You know, in the Northeast, like it's not like San Diego, right? Not at all. <laughs> but I mean, I've run in. San so there's Diego, a there's a I'm Facebook sure. group, and what? Yes. What's the rule? Um, I don't know. You just like post about running, share stories of running, and just. But what connect is streak running? Oh, you run a mile every day, no matter what. No matter what, every twenty four no hours, you at least yes. put in a mile, at least a mile, right? Which is yes. not that much, right? No, I mean it's. I can run it with my eyes closed now, and I. I have like four routes around my house that I like just rotate so I don't get too bored. But it's my like at least like 10 to 12 minute break per day. Usually do it at six in the morning or 530 early in the morning. First thing. uh... First thing. I don't want to wait till the end and like put pressure on myself. I didn't get it in that day. 
That's perfect. Plus, I gotta do I can do it when Ari's sleeping, so that I don't like spend time away from him when I don't have to. Right. And do you? I mean, that's an impressive thing. And so now, obviously, because you have this long chain, every day, you know, to break that chain was going to feel really bad, right? So like, you must go. Exactly, exactly. And there's people in the group that are in like the four, five, six thousand days, like ten years, like something crazy. And like the thing that scares me is. Ben broke his streak when he was dating Laura because she had like a meltdown one day and he like it totally slipped his mind so he lost his streak of like 2000 or something crazy. So Oh wow. <laughs> like I that's why I do it first thing so I, like I can't forget. And it's hard on like New Year's Day or hungover days or like the days after marathons are tough but Right, so let's I say just, you're on a marathon, just, but then the next day, as yeah. you're deadly tired, you got to put in a <laughs> yeah. mile. Can you walk it? No, yeah. you guys, please jog. No, no walking. I mean, my slowest miles are probably the day after marathons are like maybe 13, 14 minute miles, which are still pretty good compared to some people. So, sure, yeah. Um, I'm moving, and like you get through it because, like, after marathons, like I'll take Advil and just kind of I drink a lot of water and get through it. And I've done like five marathons now, so I just know what to expect and just get through it. How old were you when you did your first marathon? How old was yeah. I? Twenty-five. Which and one? Now I'm scheduled. Uh, Baltimore was my first. Baltimore was the only one I did before I met Lisa. And then actually, it's yeah. interesting. So, were tell me about marathon running. I mean, obviously, a lot of people do it. <laughs> It's like it's, it's, like, it's fucking what twenty three miles. It's a lot. Twenty twenty six miles. Yeah. Twenty six miles. It's hard, but it's actually like probably three quarters mental and one quarter physical. Okay. Because you're after you get past like mile like fifteen sixteen, you're just like very tired and you want to like stop and just walk and hang out and stop what you're doing, but like the crowds usually keep you motivated and keep you going and you have to like fight yourself to keep yourself motivated. I usually listen to music or podcasts to like help keep me going. This is a podcast. This and... is the podcast. Maybe you'll listen to it <laughs> when you run it next time. Yeah. I mean, I listened to the first three you posted. On What's the feedback? What do you think? It's too long. You said, <laughs> you know, actually in, in the moment it's not too long because I have a lot to say or talk about. And we haven't talked in a while, so yeah. But I mean, most of the podcasts I listen to are shorter. Yeah, different styles. Like, Joe Rogan does yeah. like three hours, so you know, there's yeah. there's there's people. So okay, we are running, and you so it's and you're saying it's mental. Do you put like mm-hmm. Vaseline all over yourself? <laughs> I hear people do that. Yeah, people do do that, but like my biggest um, like enemy is chafing between the legs yeah that's what i'm saying so i have this like special deodorant type thing called glide which helps and also baby powder helps absorb the sweat sweat and um but the thing the last couple years is i want to try to run these like cold weather marathons where it's like really cold so i'm not sweating that much um like last year I ran Philadelphia and it was like my best marathon ever at like just over five hours. So this year I'm signed up for Richmond, Virginia, which is how do you train November. for it? Awesome. Oh, training. Um, well, first of all, mile every day during the week, but on the weekends I have like a training schedule where I'm just like building up my miles where I go from like two miles up till like 10 miles. And then I kind of like, stagger it where one weekend i'll do like 13 then the next weekend do seven then the next weekend do 16 then the next weekend do like 10 i'll just kind of like bounce around my longest training will be like 16 and this weekend i'm like i schedule myself to do at least seven so i'll probably do that tomorrow night so what is the longest time run before like in in this training do you ever do the full distance no 16 is the most i'll go because even 16 takes like a long time. Like I did 13 last week. It took like three hours. So like, wow. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not running as fast in training as I am in the race. Cause we're not judging. Don't I, worry. Yeah. I don't have like the crowd motivating me and I'm usually running 
at night or early in the morning. And uh, I don't know, you have to like get ready for that race just like mentally before you're even in it, just like hype yourself up. Plus like with so many people running around you, you just like naturally run a little faster. Interesting. Yeah, of course. I mean, my, when I run by myself versus when I've only done five Ks, but my five K is always like my best time ever compared to when I run by myself. Right. And we ran together even when I run with you. Of course, like, I'm more motivated. Our, we're a little – we push each other. Like when I run with Ben, he's like really fast. So I'll run like a nine or eight-minute mile yeah. when I'm with him. When I'm by myself, it's usually like 10 or yeah. 11 minutes. Anywho. It's interesting. It's fun. Yeah, run it. It's, 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 it's my thing. Like I just like like that clear time away from everything just by myself and my – my radio. Have you ever tried like meditation? Because it's very meditative. They're running, it's especially I think the way you do it. Yeah. Um, so at my first job, they actually offered in-office yoga twice a week. Oh yeah, I remember that. And it was one of the most amazing things ever. And I never really did yoga before that, and it was free in the office, like. It was just such a nice relaxer compared to like the stressful sales environment sometimes. And like, I think for the one of the only times ever, I reached like total relaxation where at the end of the class, when you're doing like Shavasana, like I just like straight up fell asleep and started snoring because I was so (laughs) relaxed. And the thing that woke me up was like people coming into the gym, like bouncing basketballs that woke me up. Like I would have been asleep for hours if they hadn't come in. I was that deep of sleep. But, I, I mean, one of my favorite memories of San Diego is doing yoga on the – Oh, isn't that great? I love that. That was, like, a great experience. Like, I didn't really realize how awesome it was at the time. I mean, it was cool. But just thinking back, like, if I can get that, like, every week, that would be awesome. But I don't really do yoga as much these days. But, I mean, I do have desire to do it. I just – there's so many hours in the day. I'm usually like spending my relaxing time just like vegging out on the couch watching TV with Lisa. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm I'm the same way. You got to make time for it. It's hard. I do like yoga, yeah. so that's I actually went to yoga class today. But that's, that was my one fitness activity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that like beach my yoga company. Is they don't. Yeah, what's comp- about you, company? Yeah, tell me. Yeah, my my company like has a partnership with a local yoga studio, but. I don't know if that would ever work because I would have to like do it before or after work. And like ever since Ari was born, I just haven't like carved out time to do these kind of things. Cause I'm trying to spend as much time with him when I can. Cause I only get like nights and weekends. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, of course. Uh, your beautiful baby boy, Ari. Mm-hmm. You, have listened to all three episodes of the podcast, which means yes. you know we have two major segments on the show. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, I don't know, you know, I figured since you listen, maybe you'll be able to indulge us. So the first one, as yes. you know, hot tips. Hot tips. Mm-hmm. It's time for hot tips. It's time for hot tips. It's hot tips. Hot tips on a Friday. Shabbat Shalom. Um, <laughs> Yeah, do you have any have, hot tips to embark on the audience? Do you need any clarification I, I, on how the segment works? So you got it. No, <laughs> I got it. I got it. I already have something in mind. Perfect. Um, so if and when you ever have a baby, get onesies with zippers. Okay, let's let's unpack that. Onesies yeah, so, with zippers. What is the other onesie, option for onesies? Is it not always zippers? Sometimes it's buttons. It's most of them are actually buttons. Velcro, but mm, Velcro probably not. Okay. Velcro is kind of scary because that noise of the Velcro, unless it's silent Velcro, like will probably scare the baby. Okay, but buttons are difficult because they're hard to line up, especially when you're tired. They're tired. They're kicking and screaming and yelling. And uh, there's a stinky diaper nearby. Like, it's just a stressful situation. So zippers, from my experience, are the best onesies, especially for overnight, like, 
it's easy. Unzip, change, zip back up. Like it's super fast. You can't mess up a zipper. Um, it doesn't scare the baby. <laughs> it's a full on zip, like completely full zip. It goes from like from the, the back of the neck, from the neck to the bottom of the leg. Like it's in the front or in the back? In the front. Oh, okay, it's a it front zipper. Okay, interesting. Front zipper, yeah. And the the ones we have, like, like I told Lisa from the beginning, like she was trying to put them in button ones overnight i'm like it's so hard to do this when you're like sleep deprived and you're tired and they're screaming and kicking around like there's no way you could do this successfully (laughs) so like when you like a lot of my friends who are having babies these days like when they make their registry i'm like don't pick zipper onesies if you can like they are way easier so there's even magnet ones too Interesting. Have you ever? Does Ari have a magnet one? Ari doesn't have magnets, but I do have friends that do, and they say they're just as good. Anything but buttons or anything else. <laughs> Fascinating. Here, here, folks. You heard it here first, folks. Zipper-based onesies for babies. A must-have. Never yes. buy another button onesie as a gift again. This is what it sounds I mean, like, right? So, if you're gonna do buttons during the day and when they're older it's easier like most of his daytime clothes are just the three button like button one like shirts i guess they're not onesies because you have to put pants or shorts on them but you could do buttons in the day at least Ah, but maybe wait wait till they're older because like in the beginning you're so sleep deprived like now he's mostly sleeping through the night so i'm like a little bit better on sleep now. Buttons in the day, zippers at night. <laughs> Roll out. What are your you know takeaways from eight months of fatherhood? I mean, the first four or five months are really hard. You're always tired and exhausted. I heard that one. Um, the last few months have been really good. Once he gets into his own room, uh, he gets uh, you know full night's sleep. And you just know him more. You know his habits. Like, Can you see personality like, coming out? Yeah, you see a little personality. Like the way he leans his head or like he likes certain foods or he doesn't like certain foods. And he always gets excited to see me, which is cool. But we're getting to know each other. He changes. <laughs> <laughs> he changes like week to week. So you got to like keep up with what, you, what is – attitudes are do you feel you know some they say like oh my god it's my kid i feel this incredible love or this like feeling that's undescribable mm-hmm. do you i mean is there something where once you saw this child of yours you're like wow this is my purpose yeah. in life yeah i almost shed a tear when he was born <laughs> yeah it doesn't happen too easily but i mean he's yours no matter what he's it's nice to, like, hang out with other people's kids, but when it's your own, like, you you know them so well. Like, every inch and, like, every experience, like, you have together, it's, it's pretty cool. There's nothing else like it so far. Does he sit on the couch and watch TV with you? <laughs> he, for the last few months, he can sit up on his own. He can't crawl yet or move around. Like, he can bounce around on his butt sometimes, and you can, like, hold him by his hands and he'll stand, but... We usually don't watch too much TV with him. Like, I'm usually just on the carpet, just, like, playing with him with his toys. Um, We do let him watch some Disney Channel sometimes when we're, like, he wakes up at, like, 5.45 on the weekend and we're too tired to get up. So he'll just, like, watch TV. But he even gets bored about that after, like, 20 minutes. He's like, doesn't have the patience for it. Fascinating. Yeah. More kids in the pipeline, you think? I think so. In Eventually. the next couple of years, yeah, we'll get through this one first, first birthday, and all that good stuff. Before yeah, we... it's exciting. Yeah, unfortunately, I, have, I still haven't met him, but uh, you know, I'll get out there soon. Though. Yeah, I mean, he's he's not too interesting yet. But <laughs> <laughs> the more time passes, the more like when he starts moving and he starts like growing teeth and actually like eating his own food. Like I'm excited for that because. He still like relies on me to like feed him sometimes, or um, you know, 
He can't. Move he doesn't grab his own up. like mushy peas um, and put them in no, his mouth. No, he, he will. He will. But like, it makes a huge mess. And you know, I'm a clean freak, so I'll like put it in his mouth or feed him, spoon feed him. But if I have more patience and more time, I'll let him take his own food. But got it. Got it's it, even. It. It's only some things, and you got to break it up into tiny right. pieces because he has he has no teeth. Uh, have you always been into having like a really clean place? I think so. I mean, it started probably more drastically in college when I lived at the party house, and if I didn't clean, our place would smell rancid. So, oh my god! When you I say clean, like, con- like actually the whole house or just your old room would smell rancid. Um, my room and the shared space. Yeah. Like I would. You my, would like my best my best friends are Clorox wipes and Swiffer pads and paper towels. <laughs> <laughs> like Lisa, no joke. I mean, I nickname myself when I'm in cleaning mode. I'm Matina, the Matina the maid. That's a little <laughs> bit racist, but I like it. <laughs> I mean, you know, like your sister has a maid, and a lot of people have maids. And I, I get a pretty lady that she one. comes in, and she's also from Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we can't afford it. I mean, maybe we could, but I like am a control freak sometimes, so I want it done my way yeah. and top notch. And I just, it, it's like a stress reliever in itself, almost like just to spend time cleaning. So I know I'm. You feel accomplished, more... right? Like it feels nice when you're <laughs> oh, done. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like something I don't really have to think about. I just do it, and you're good at so, it. So like, right? So that's one of my hobbies. Like on the weekends, I'll vacuum the house top to bottom i got like the best vacuum and uh what's the best vacuum <laughs> mealy okay yeah i heard of it it's a, it's a free hot tip mealy is like a top-notch german vacuum company that my parents found out about and uh got me into growing up like what's the point of vacuuming unless you have like the best vacuum and uh <laughs> is this like with like bags or um yeah it has it has bags okay um I've heard of Millie. Yeah, it sounds good. It was probably like five hundred dollars at Bed Bath and Beyond with a twenty percent coupon, Ooh. which is a lot of money. Ooh. But this is a this is a vacuum that lasts you like ten years. Smart move. Getting using that coupon on a high price item. I like that. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, if you go into Bed Bath and Beyond without a coupon, you're stupid. Uh, well, okay. How, where do I get one? <laughs> where do you get coupons? Yeah, in the mail. I mean, in the mail online through the app like they send me like three emails a day every day <laughs> come on in here's the coupon for you <laughs> and you know the funny thing is the bed bath and beyond down Reisterstown road in, in owings mills closed so i don't even know where the nearest oh, bed goodness. bath and beyond is but I mean, when we first moved here we were going there like once a week yeah of course you gotta get all the stuff yeah We've owned this house now two years now. Congrats. In the past two years. Yeah. Thanks. It's awesome. Uh, yeah. And, the, yeah, hold on. Yeah, Elon, Elon is calling. He really wants his uh, device used. So, and then the other segment we have, obviously, is the transportation, teleportation, using the secret, very, very much experimental beta uh, teleportation device that Elon Musk uh, lets me borrow. And we always appreciate it. Uh, where do you want to go, man? We can go anywhere we want. I got to put anything in. Let's, let's go to Seattle, Washington. See, you know, this is hilarious. My, um, my, a couple of my buddies were planning a trip to go to Seattle. And I've never, I've, I flew into the airport and went to a meeting at a hospital. But I've never actually been mm-hmm. in the city. Alright, yeah. so we're going to <laughs> Alright. Seattle, Washington. Walk me through it. Where are we? Well, I've never been there, but um first of all, the Ravens are playing the Seattle Seahawks this weekend. Okay. For their they play there once every six no, eight years. Wow. So um it's it's a rare chance to get out there, but It'd be cool to go to that game because it's a big game. Wow. Okay. Why is it a big Plus, game? Plus, well, Ravens and Seahawks are some of the top teams in the league right now. So, are they the same I, AFC uh, NFC thing or no? No, they're they're in the NFC. Ravens are in the AFC, but these are potentially two 
Super Bowl contenders and also two teams that won the Super Bowl in the last like six, seven years. So, I mean, we're, we're still like very relevant and it should be a good matchup. We're definitely very relevant. So we are moving. So we're going in the future to the game on Sunday. Mm-hmm. 10 a.m. Pacific yes. or 1 a.m.? Um, it's one thirty, four thirty here. Ten ten thirty Pacific. Yeah. All right, and no, 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 no. It's it's one thirty Pacific. Oh, one thirty four thirty four thirty Eastern. Yeah. And um, what's the stadium look like? Well, is it gonna rain? What's like? <laughs> I have no idea about that. I mean, it does rain in Seattle a lot, but have you been to the, like the Baltimore weathers. Ravens stadium? Yes, yes, a few times. Talk. What does that feel like? What does that look like? I mean, there's 70,000 people there, and they're all cheering and very loud. So it's um, it's a nice, uh, thrilling experience if you've never been to a game. Well, like, it could be cold or raining, right? I mean, they do it in the winter yeah. in December with like a oh, snow. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. Why would you do that? Go outside and freeze it. <laughs> it's, it's just football weather. I mean, I grew up playing football in New Jersey where by the end of the season you're playing – into November, it gets cold, and uh, it's just a fun time to like get out and hit somebody and <laughs> watch other guys hit other guys. And I don't know, it's a it's a nice it's a big team sport. There's a lot of money in it, a lot of uh, excitement in football games. There's only 16 games a season, so you know they uh, usually there's more. They, or... Well, I mean playoffs. I mean it's it's a lot less games compared to other sports like baseball. They play 160 games a season, like basketball, 80 games, hockey, 80 games. Like that's a lot of oh, games. Really, huh? But football is only 16 games, so like that puts a lot of pressure on each week. Plus, it's like usually on Sundays, so you don't work and you could watch it actually and enjoy it. Good old American football. <laughs> Go Packers. <laughs> <laughs> football is not the only reason why I want to go to Seattle, though. It, it has to do with um, podcasting and radio. Oh, the, the Space Needle. <laughs> well, not just that. Um, like, Take us there. Par- part of why I got interested in listening to podcasts is these two people who used to be on a New York radio station, they were just like side characters, Carla Marie and Anthony. They... <sighs> We're working for Elvis Duran Morning Show in New York. Elvis Duran and the Z Morning Zoo. (laughs) Dude, I love Elvis Duran. The prank calls, they're the best. Yeah. It's not called the Z Morning Zoo anymore. It's just the Elvis Duran Show, but... The zoo left? Yeah. They they want it to be... Well, they syndicate it all over the country now, so they don't want it to be, like, too rowdy or, like, in your face as much. Like That's how I want my show to be. Z morning, you are in the zone with Powell Cast. <laughs> Where are we, Powell yeah. Cast? All right, sorry, go ahead. So, Carla Marie and Anthony like were just like working for Elvis and doing their own podcast called My Day Friday, which airs. They put up a podcast every Friday, like four or five years ago. Nice. I've been listening to every single one because they talked about it on Elvis Duran. And they were like the first ones on the show to like start their own podcast as part of the show, like just a side project. And it ended up being like practice for them to get their own morning show. And they got an offer in Seattle. So they do their own morning show in Seattle. And then they still do the podcast. So if I ever go to Seattle, like they've had people who listen to the podcast, like just they hang out and meet up with them. So. I want to hang out with Carla, Carla, Marie, and Anthony because they're like about our age and they're really cool people. And uh, they are. Is it two just... people? One is named Carla <laughs> and then Mario Anthony? No, no, no. What is it? So, so the girl's name is Carla Marie. That's her. Carla first name. Marie. Two, Got it. Two words. Two words. Carla Marie and Anthony. Gotcha. And uh, they're both from. Yes. Well, the Anthony is like, um, I want to say Greek, some European country. Yeah, some not Greek, but like, I, I, it's I'll okay. be embarrassed. I can't, yeah. can't remember the. We country, won't tell them. I won't tell them. <laughs> They're both from New Jersey. They're a little. Carla Marie is like a year older than me. Anthony's maybe like two or three years older than me. Like, 
they're just so relatable to me and like I've like been I've emailed them and they've talked about me on their show before which is cool and um oh wow they're just cool people and what do they talk about on their podcast oh they I mean everything just everything and everything and anything just like about their lives like they're like finally at a point where they feel like pretty established in Seattle where there's Carla Marie put in their offer for a first house out there and just talking about homeowners. What is what do they do for a living? Radio? They they do the morning radio show at a big like pop station. Gotcha. They, cool. Yeah. They 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 don't compete with Elvis because it's West Coast and no one really on the West Coast has Elvis syndicated. Not really, yeah. It's most, mostly East Coast. Elvis so. the Ram. And the <laughs> Z Morning. I mean, I used to live in New York City, right? So I, I I'm a big fan of yeah. the Z Mornings with myself. Yeah. I listened to them growing up. Like, I walked my neighbor's dog, and I had a CD player with a radio on it. And the CDs would drain the battery, but the radio didn't. So I started listening to the radio in, like, seventh grade. And the best reception came from Z100, and uh, I started listening to Z100 and the Elvis Duran show when I was walking the dog in the morning. And now with smart, yeah, with smartphones and iHeartRadio, like I, most of my podcasts come from iHeartRadio. So that's what I'm listening to on my runs. Like Elvis, like basically records every single show without commercials so it cuts down from four hours to two hours and that's what i listen to like most days on my drive to and from work or while i'm running like it's a two-hour podcast of that show so you're listening to the day before yeah usually the day before or earlier that day like on demands um cool maybe sometimes i'm like a few days behind but then i take vacations and i catch up so it's my life. Your life is pretty good. You got a beautiful <laughs> wife and a gorgeous child. You got a career that's advancing and uh, a house that you're living in for two years. Mm-hmm. And a running streak of some ungodly amount of time. <laughs> Almost 1,400 days. I mean, that's crazy talk. I can't even fathom. Just, just to get to 1,000 days was tough itself. but Is it now easy? Now it's just second nature. Now, now it's easy, but now like the thrill in it is like running in different places, like different countries when I'm on vacation or different states. I mean, I've run in San Diego, San Francisco, yeah, and I just over. said Adam. Come on over. Well, my next uh, trip out west is going to be in January. I just got invited to a bachelor party that's probably going to be in Los Angeles. Cool. So. Yeah. If you want to swing never... by San Diego, the go- you're welcome. Well, the thing about San Diego, like in this trip, well, the guy who lives in L.A. is like, Los Angeles isn't really a good bachelor party town, so we should go to like San Diego or Santa Barbara. So I think the plan is still up in the air, but I'll keep you posted. Uh, right. Well, I think if I'm, <laughs> if I'm choosing between San Diego and Santa Barbara, I choose San Diego, hands down. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have more I'd... bachelor party inspiration here can i put it that way right raw material right i i, I mean gasoline that my vote <laughs> that'd be my vote i'm just i'm not an influencer in this group so i'll just wait and see what happens well you're always going to be an influencer with me hey thanks so <laughs> much for uh, joining the podcast uh, it's been a pleasure yeah thank you uncle Pablo. <laughs> triple b my first pie your first podcast, Bad Boy Mimosa. Yeah.